to the Web 2.0 Show with your hosts, Josh Owens and Chris Saylor. We're a show about the new web, the latest thoughts and technology behind internet development and content delivery. Welcome to episode two. Today is Thursday, September 22nd, 2005. First thing I want to do is uh, give props to our intro music. Um, we forgot to do that on the last show. We wanted to give uh, some props to A Fog, the uh, the intro song written by Furious Ball. We got that off the uh, Pod Show Network. It is Pod Safe Music. Uh, I must say, I thoroughly do enjoy the song, and if you'd like to hear it in its entirety, feel free to check out podshow.com. Oh, and we'd also like to thank the uh, Pod Safe Music Network for making this available for, uh, for podcasting use. We wanted to talk about, I guess... First off, the all the attention we've received as of late. Uh, oh, Kevin Rose mentioned us on the Twit podcast. That's right. I was actually uh, I was driving home and listening to Twit like I always do. I hear the Web 2.0 show and I start freaking out, almost running off the road. <laughs> <laughs> and then you try to call me and get a hold of me because I was mowing the lawn. <laughs> no one was around. Just had to sit there and, and, and stew for a while. <laughs> Oh, uh, you stew so well. <laughs> wow, that was strange. <laughs> wow. I may just leave that one in there now. <laughs> People will be like, what? We are thinking about it too much, I know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but uh, that, that was actually very cool. That's uh, triggered quite a avalanche of activity uh, from... You know all the twitters. But well, the side effect was we uh, we got Doug as well. Yeah, well, actually, we, we were Doug like twenty days ago. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, we were only at like twenty digs on uh, on our particular post, and then uh, well, actually, it was eight because <laughs> I just yeah. looked at it. <laughs> when this uh, when this hit, uh, a lot of the diggers listened to Twit, uh, went and found the post, and uh, next thing you know. We're at, what, 567 as of the last we looked? Yeah, something like that. Awesome. And uh, we're we're pulling in, what, 2,000 visitors a day on average right now? I think I heard somewhere that uh, Twit has something like 40,000 listeners. I don't I don't know if that's true, but uh, uh, they definitely have a lot of people, and uh, a lot of people that, that I guess are interested in what we have to say, <laughs> uh, no matter how corny we may be. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, we, we went from 300 subscribers on FeedBurner to almost 1,300 over two, two evenings, so definitely a lot of people, uh, yeah. shooting over from, from Twit and from Dig. And that's exciting. Actually, it's, um, I'm really excited because, uh, you know, there's a lot of great web services coming out right now, and I, I really can't wait to, you know, to start interviewing. Um, some more of the people. Uh, it's kind of funny now because I, we've, you know, I, I started contacting um, some of these guys, and they've listened to our show. And they already, they already know who we are. Yeah, it, it is kind of crazy. I mean, just uh, I don't. Was it Jeff Barr from Amazon contacted us about uh, the web services evangelist? He wants to uh, be on the show and uh, talk to us. Um, I think. We contacted Flock, didn't we? Um, yeah, I saw the Wired article, 
And uh, I, I jumped right on that and contacted those guys, got a copy of the software. And that is some really cool stuff. I can't wait to interview those guys as well. Uh, I really can't wait for the product either. I, they're probably my, bri- uh, my primary browser of choice. Yeah, I agree. It, it, it's a pretty slick browser. I mean, it's based off Firefox, so, I mean, how can you... <laughs> you can't go wrong. I not like it. <laughs> I mean, with with stuff like... I don't know what we can talk about, but, I mean, with stuff like the uh, the blog posting software just built right into it, that's kind of cool. Yeah, we're supposed to keep it on the hush-hush for now, but yeah. more on that they, later. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do want to thank everybody for the uh, all the feedback we got. One of the things uh, Andrew at ChangingWay.net mentioned that we really need to uh, expand on what Web 2.0 is for anybody new to the topic. During these, during you know our next shows, we're going to explore what Web 2.0 is and talk to the talk to some leaders in the industry developing these web services, and so we can all learn, <laughs> you know, this this new technology that's forming right before us. Yeah, for example, the map that you posted on the front page from the food camp sessions. I mean, it's it's definitely something that's still evolving at this point, and probably will be for at least another six months to a year, I would think. And actually, since uh, we don't have an interview, we're going to go ahead and and discuss some of the aspects of what it takes to be a Web 2.0 service. Um, we're going to draw. I'm going to draw from some different sources, including that uh, that Tim O'Reilly's um, uh, mem map. And it's actually this this discussion is really for developers and end users. And technically, as a developer, um, obviously when you develop your app, you should be looking at it from the point of view of a user anyway. So this you know this is good information for everybody. Keep these things in mind when you're going to choose one application over another. Probably, I mean, these are just some good features that are going into Web 2.0. Certain you know what services, as opposed to the older, locked down you know. Uninteresting applications. Going uh, Web 2.0 requires a paradigm shift. You need to open up your data both ways, in and out. There's no point in trying to lock your users in. They're, <laughs> they're only going to hate you in the end. Uh, take Microsoft file formats, for example. Pain in my butt. <laughs> but actually, um, I, you know, we'll have to see how it pans out, but Microsoft is actually, um, their next version of Office, Office 12, is um, supposedly going to use open file formats according to uh, to Scoble, so we'll have to see how you know that really comes to fruition or not. Good old Scoble, <laughs> I'll believe that one when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> and that actually comes kind of like uh, WinFS and and uh, Longhorn, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're all still waiting on that one. <laughs> uh, never mind, forget it. We're not going to do that. <laughs> but they actually. Uh, Kind of segues into you know the the first of the topics. Kind of there's like I've kind of narrowed it down to th- think about three central areas for Web 2.0 services: uh, uh, no walled gardens for one, uh, rich user experience and data organization is two. Of course, the social aspect you know is three. But the first one, the no walled gardens. Some of the larger corporations are starting to get it. The recent opening of AOLs. You know, there is like the epitome of walled garden. You know, they're starting to open up some of their services to the general internet population. Yeah, I remember back in the day when uh, I still had my 9600 baud modem or my 2400 baud modem, dial up and get on AOL or CompuServe and only be able to find information that they had. Internet? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it, it definitely is nice to see a lot of that comment. Content coming out, uh, especially. I mean, you got to you got to figure places like the NFL.com. They were probably maintaining 
content on AOL and content on the web. That that felt like a real doubling of of work there. Definitely. Yeah, I mean that's just a pain, and there's there's no reason for it. You know, it's like if you build it, they will come. <laughs> there's no reason to lock your users in. Basically, when I when I start to use their service, um, you know, I've begun to think to myself, can I use this data? You know, on my other websites, can I mash it up, or can I use it on 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 my phone or my iPod or use it someplace else? I want to be able to I want to be able to control my own data. And I, I think, you know, when you use something like RSS or uh, XML files like Basecamp uses. Uh, it, it makes it a lot easier for people to be able to do stuff like that. It gives me confidence in the system that, okay, well, hey, they're open. Uh, I know if I don't like it, I can go someplace else. And I believe a Backpack has an API. If it's not that, it's going to be out soon. 37 Signals, of course, I, I love all their applications, and they're a great example of a, of a Web 2.0 company. They've been around for a long time, but they, they are definitely uh, on the cutting edge. I mean... How can you not be on the cutting edge? You're the guys developing Rails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once again, we don't want to confuse technology, though, with Web 2.0. No specific technology is Web 2.0. It's really just an enabler. You know, Rails is just a way to build web applications quickly. Yeah, but that that's definitely got to be one of the biggest ones right now. I mean, with all the Ajax built into it by default... Uh, and all the, I guess, what some people call <laughs> black voodoo magic <laughs> database mojo that they got in there. That's true. Where it just automatically handles stuff for you. I, it just helps you develop that much faster. I, I mean, do you, like it. You look, you look at a lot of the web services that are coming out now. I mean, the stuff they're making, Basecamp, Backpack, Tada List. Uh, and then you've got things like Mebo, Rightly. Well, I think Rightly's ASP, actually. But uh, there's just a lot of stuff coming out right now. It's just built in Rails. Yeah. And actually, one of the cool side effects when you do, you know, as a developer, when you start building your application with these open import and export formats, you can start doing mashups. And one of the best examples of this is the, uh, the Google Maps API. All kinds of great mashups coming out of that. A lot of cool map stuff coming out. And um, I know you've got, like, the crime maps, and I've seen the, uh, the Evdu maps, I think, for New York. Just a lot of cool stuff. Actually, um, it was kind of interesting. Kevin Burton, who actually will probably, hopefully we'll, we'll be interviewing soon because he, he's a co-developer for Odeo, and um, he's actually starting a new service. He linked to our podcast soon afterwards, and he realized that with FeedBurner, you can basically create, he links to our podcast in his post, and FeedBurner automatically adds the enclosure for podcasting, and basically he's created, a, I believe, what he called a metacast. <laughs> and it's just a, you know, it's a meta-podcast of what he's actually listening to. And again, it's just a it's just a side effect of of opening yourself up. <laughs> there you go, folks. New term for you, metacast. <laughs> Kevin coined it. You heard it here first. <laughs> the uh, the other one we wanted to talk about was the rich user experience and the uh, organization and retrieval of data. Uh, and what does that boil down to right now? Uh, Ajax and tagging. With Ajax, uh, it, it definitely helps you provide a rich user interface, the one that everyone is associating with Web 2.0 now, and it's really just a small part of it. And actually, some people uh, I've seen, they're kind of dead set against it because they feel that it's breaking the browser's back button. Well, it's only if you use it incorrectly will you break the, the, the browser's back button. Well, I know uh, I first saw the frustration when I was trying to use Odeo, and uh, you know you're you're sitting there and adding podcasts or deleting podcasts, and you hit the the back button, 
or you click on a link to maybe read about a show before you delete it and then hit the back button. You go back. There's those five shows you just deleted or added. <laughs> oh, no. Like, what the heck? I just removed those. <laughs> you hit refresh, they're gone. Just one of those things, I guess. And there's some tricks you can get around, like uh, expiring. You're making sure you're expiring your cache. Overall, I think you just have to outweigh. You have to weigh the the benefits against the negatives, and, and use it use it where it's necessary. Yeah. Well, I think um, I know uh, when you were developing uh, Jot a lot. Which, by the way, you need to finish that soon. I know I do. <laughs> huh? I'll just put you under the gun here. Jotalot.com. Very cool. Oh. Chris just needs to finish it. Yeah. So you go there. You can see a a, a standard Rails page. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Ruby on Rails. But uh, no, the uh, when you're developing that, I remember you and I discussing the fact that it seems like it's easier to build all your pages and all your functionality first, and then go back and Ajaxify everything because uh, you found that little trick for fixing Ajax links in case JavaScript isn't turned on. Yeah, yeah, right. you can that, do that for that. forms and for links as well, and that's a really good way to make sure that you know you, you, your stuff's accessible in all the browsers. I mean, you really don't want to lock it down to, to one or two browsers because that's kind of no better than Microsoft when you do that. Right. Ouch, did I just say that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yes. moving, on to, <laughs> moving on to tagging. You're as bad as Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't want to yeah. lock people down to, to one thing. Along Actually, with- I heard a, a really cool conversation on uh, taxonomy and tagging with uh, some of the big names in the, the tagging world. I think it was Supernova 2005. They had a a panel of uh, people that were involved in tagging. They had a guy from the Wikipedia. (laughs) Don't remember his name. Um, And then they had Josh Shackner. He he was on there too. And uh, Stuart Butterfield from uh, Flickr. On a blank on the fourth guy. They They had all these... Huh? That's quite a crew. Well, yeah. It was actually pretty cool to uh, hear all these guys talk. And they... uh, they were focusing solely on on tagging and you know the differences they've seen in the community you know how do you weigh the community versus the individual stuff like that definitely with with photos uh it becomes even more relevant because you know if i go to i think the one of the examples was if i go to tokyo and i take some pictures uh, you know you might type in Tokyo as a tag and you want to see pictures of Tokyo and yet I took a picture of my hotel room. You don't care about my hotel room <laughs> in Tokyo. So, you know, there, there's definitely, uh, I think, a long way to go in tagging. You know, I think it's getting there. Yeah, there's um, there's kind of a, a tagging versus search um, thread going on right now, which is, you know, how useful is tagging when you can just search? It's, it's one of those things, it's, it's how you use it and what's the, what, what's the context you're using it in. Like, I know for our blog, we're actually using categories for our internal content, but it's nice to use tags to link to uh, Technorati, because Technorati right. is, more of a, is more fluid. You know, there's constantly new things, new ideas being added, new, new, new concepts. Um, if you had to create a category on your blog for every single one of these new concepts, you'd have a category list that's huge. But you can go in, write about something, throw it in your category for tech, and tag it with whatever it can be. You know, you don't have to sit there and go, okay... Here's a category, and we're you know we're going to have to add this category, and we only have one post in it. I just tag it, boom, it's linked to Technorati, and you know, and you're you're linked into this social network, this discussion of everybody talking about it. I agree, and I know when you were talking before about searching versus tagging. Really, I mean, 
whatever label you slap on it, all all a tag is is just a, a meta keyword. Uh, someone's decided to apply to a piece of data. Yeah. So, I mean, really, uh, it's not that much different from a, a keyword that you type into Google or I guess a, a meta keyword you might uh, slap at the top of your web page for Google to Spider. Actually, that's true. It's interesting that you have meta keywords and yet this whole different concept of tagging. And uh, I wonder what the microformats guys would say about that. I mean, you really have, like, you get two different names for what's essentially the same thing. I don't know that they would say much. I mean, they, they have the rel tag standard. That That's about as far as they go with it. I guess they might not care so much what you call it by. I don't know. The third kind of grouping of uh, Web 2.0 software is the social aspect, of course. I mean, if you take a look at piece of software like LinkedIn, I don't know how many people are actually using that. I'd be curious to see numbers on that, but very cool idea where, you know, everyone gets together and invites everyone else to their little network circle of friends that they have. You know, you can find jobs and find other people that are looking for jobs through your circle of friends. Then you kind of know that you can turn to, you know, this friend or that friend and say, hey, you know, can you give me a personal reference for this person since they're, you know, within your network and that's how I found them? Very cool idea. Yeah, it's a really great service. And actually, there's a whole bunch of great Web 2.0 job search kind of things coming out. Yeah, I know O'Reilly has something. Uh, O'Reilly Connection. That, that, yeah, you and I are both on. And I've actually, I'm actually starting to compile a huge list of new, uh, new, uh, of the new job search technologies out there. And we'll probably go over those uh, in a future show. Uh, actually, one of the, one of the, the bubbles on the, the, the Web 2.0, the Web 2.0 mem map from Tim O'Reilly is, um, is this idea of participation versus publishing, and it goes back to the whole, you know, it's 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 a discussion again for you know for people, and it's really kind of pioneered by blogs and trackbacks and commenting, and you never, it's like you really don't know where it's going to go, which is which you know leads to another idea, which is emergent behavior. You build the software, and you really, it's it's not predetermined. When you open it up, when you have these open APIs, and it's all and it's all actually all tying together now. Don't know what people are going to be doing with your software. It's great because you have this behavior emerging that you never intended. Right. I think that kind of goes back to the mashups. I I ran across one today where, you know, a guy's got Flickr, Furl, Delicious, and a couple other things like linked together somehow. So it would show them like current hot topics that were that were moving through the various the various things. So I mean, you never know what people are going to see, what how they're going to take that data and change it, just totally change everything as far as how you may look at something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's now now you have bloggers competing against real-life journalists. Well, actually, during Katrina, you, have, you had journalists calling their editors saying, what I'm seeing on the ground is not what the officials are telling me. And having, and having to reconcile with their editors, what do I tell the people? Well, you know what, journalists? You tell the truth. Hello? <laughs> That's irritating. And so who do you have telling the truth? The people on the ground. People blogging about it, people talking on their cell phones, shooting pictures. And, 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 you know, that's where the truth is coming out of now. And some people some people want the truth to be filtered, but uh, that just does not lead, lead to good places. <laughs> and this is, you know, no one saw this coming, you know, a couple, you know from a couple of years ago. This, this is entirely new stuff. It's definitely catching the mainstream media off guard. Okay, what else did we want to talk about? Uh, have you actually, have you played with Hoodwink? Hoodwinked? Uh, I haven't played with Hoodwinked, no. It's, um, are you familiar with it at all? 
No, I I actually am not. <laughs> uh, last night when you when you put that in the questions, that was the the first time I had seen anything. <laughs> um, it's actually kind of cool, and this is not the first time it's been done, but um, it started out as a grease monkey script, and then uh, someone rewrote it into a uh, Ruby proxy server. And what it does is it communicates back, and it allows you to um, to actually comment on a website that may not have comments, or and it doesn't actually use the comment system of the website. It kind of it overlays it. It's really hard to explain without without actually seeing it, but it overlays. Yeah, where, where do those comments get stored? I mean, is there like a centralized server? Yes, yes, back them? on the Hoodwink server. Okay. That actually uses an open proxy server, GreaseMonkey, to actually in JavaScript to rewrite the page and insert these comments. It doesn't, re- it doesn't Of course, it doesn't rewrite them on the server. It rewrites them in your, actually in your browser. And so you have this, this conversation that no one else can see except these other, these other Hoodwink users, for better or for worse. <laughs> That's kind of an interesting technology. We were talking about Flock earlier. I think um, Flock may tend to go that way too, though. I mean, when you when you look at the the breadcrumb service, it's kind of like a dig almost, or or delicious. Yeah, it's kind uh, of a, a but, but only for the Flock users. Yeah, again, it's a social network that is only available to the users of that of that system. That's actually kind of interesting in itself because that's almost breaking the no walled gardens, you know, tenant of Web 2.0. Right, but I mean, they still may make all that available via an API. That's true. They're a relatively new service, so I mean, we we certainly can't can't tell you what they're going to do with it. <laughs> and I, I can't imagine they're going to keep that locked up. It would be to their benefit to get it out there. But it's just like, how do you? I mean, you already have Dig, you already have Delicious, and for all, all these these URL services that are out there and established, and they have this huge user base. How do you compete with that, you know? Yeah, well, I think it seems like, well, I really don't want to speculate. <laughs> it, it seems like Flock would, you know, would possibly, maybe, I don't, I don't know what their future plans are. We'll, we'll have to interview those guys and see what's going on. But maybe maybe it's going to integrate with, with Delicious. Yeah, that that would be very cool. If you have the option to maybe use Delicious or Dig instead of using their breadcrumb services, that would be very cool. Or, or like you said, if they have some kind of integration set up with Delicious. Mm-hmm. I think one of the other cool things that uh, that we're seeing come out of, uh, I guess, the social aspect is uh, applications like Rightly. I personally am dying to use this service, but they've uh, turned off their beta invites. But uh, it's a online writing collaboration tool, and uh, it, it's basically like Word, but it's online. Multiple people can collaborate on the document. It looks very cool from the screenshots I've seen. I haven't really heard one thing, you know, one way or another, as far as how good it is, but uh, it definitely looks cool. Yeah, there's a Mac app, um, I forget what it is, that allows you to collaborate on a document. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, but uh, I like the fact that it's on the web. Of course, yeah. It makes it open for uh, <laughs> to other 95% of the people. <laughs> exactly. We've got the uh, the other brand new service that just came out. Was it this week? I think it was like Friday. Late last, yeah, getting, last uh, week. Start hitting the uh, blogosphere. Uh, Mebo, M E E B O, very cool. Uh, I know. I have already uh, personally benefited from said service because uh, two people I know could not get online through uh, get on IM through work because of firewalls. And uh, now they're able to use Mebo, and they're able to chat online. 
Have you uh, have you tried out Mebo yet? Um, I actually have not. Uh, I have no, one computer, you, my laptop. It goes everywhere I go, and I have trillions. <laughs> check it out, though, man. I mean, it's pretty cool. We did uh, we did test it out. We were playing with it at work the other day. And, uh, you know, I, I sent my buddy an IM, and uh, there's a little bit of delay there. The server is still a little slow. Uh, I don't think they anticipated the response that they're getting uh, to their product, that's for sure. It definitely is very cool. I, I think there's some features that are lacking. I, I think it would be cool if they could figure out a way to make the window flash uh, when there's a message that comes in so that uh, you'll know because if you minimize the browser. I saw a post no about idea. the a, actually an alternative. Um, it's I believe it's non-Ajax, but it was an alternative to Amiibo. And, uh, we'll, I'll try to hunt it up and link it in the show notes as well. Um, do, you, do you know what it is off the top of your head? No, I sure don't. All right, we'll, we'll look it up, link it in. But there's a there's a ton of great, great applications coming out. A great place to actually find out about them is um, a website called techcrunch.com, and they actually they do profiles on Web 2.0 services. And I, they're in my reader, and they're uh, they just do, they do uh, they seem to discover a lot of good stuff. That and uh, the other one is actually Read Write Web. That that's a cool one too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they uh, they they talk about a lot of Web 2.0 stuff. They're not already. We'll get those linked in. I know TechCrunch is in yeah. The, I think the they, they're linked on the front. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was gonna say we'll get them linked in. Um, is I don't think is Read Write Web on the sidebar. Mm, it may be. I I thought I mentioned it. I don't. Know. We'll we'll make sure it's there. Cool. All right. I guess that about uh, about wraps up our second edition of the Web 2.0 show. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to stay tuned to the website at www.web20show.com. Uh, we will be posting up future episodes with interviews with Om Malik, Jeff Barr from Amazon.com, uh, Flock, uh, hopefully Kevin Rose, if uh, we can catch up with him too. Uh, otherwise, uh, thanks for listening. This has been a Steel Pixel production. For more information about Steel Pixel, you can check out steelpixel.com. Or for more information about the show, feel free to check out web20show.com. That's W-E-B-2-0-S-H-O-W.com.